and you can be patient. You can wait your turn. You don't feel this. I have to say everything that's on my heart right this minute. It doesn't matter about my tone of delivery. Because if you don't think your tone of delivery matters, you are fooling and deluding yourself. Your passionate nature, who you are as a woman, how God made you, the personality that you have is what's going to attract that man that is for you. But the difference is tone and delivery, timing, all that comes with self-control. Self-control tells you that if it's not the right time, you don't bring up issues just because it's on your heart and you remember when your man's not ready to receive it. Take charge of your thoughts. Take charge of your life. Psychologist, author, speaker, musician, former professor, and the host of Love and Life, Dr. Karen Anderson Abril. Welcome to Love and Life. I'm Dr. Karen Anderson Abril. Last week, Kara Adams and I did an Insta Live and As you know, if you've watched any of our Insta Lives, Kara is so fired up about healthy relationships and helping all of us figure out how to date and relate empowered. So I loved our conversation so much, I wanted to share it with the podcast community because maybe you didn't catch it or maybe you prefer to listen as opposed to watch a live. So we invite you to join our conversation about stop giving your power away when dating and when you're in relationships. My conversation with Kara Adams, right after this. I'd love to connect with you via my weekly newsletter. Joining the Love and Life email list ensures you're the first to know everything going on in the Love and Life family. You'll receive insider perk pricing for consultations and events, and it's the best way to keep in touch when I do what the research suggests is very healthy and take breaks from social media. Subscribe on my website, loveandlifemedia.com. And as a bonus, you'll get my free Empowered Dating Playbook. One of the things that's been really powerful is talking about heartbreak. And so a lot of times when people talk about heartbreak, you understand it. When somebody breaks up with you, you feel heartbroken if you felt something for them. But I also realized some of my lady friends are heartbroken because they're not in love. Their heart is broken because it hasn't happened for them, because they've been single too long. They put a wall up. Now they're numb. Now they're feeling some type of way. And what I found is my 30-day boot camp, where I'm able to laser focus on their situation and speak to some of the things that they're encountering and reflect back to them and mirror back to them what they're saying, what they're doing, what they're believing, where we're able to actually move them to a different spot. And so they can borrow some of my joyful expectation and hopeful optimism if they don't have enough of themselves. Because yeah. I think there's a lot of that. I think there's too much men bashing, like it's all the men's fault. It's all them. I'm like, really? Then how come you're the one entertaining this bad behavior? How come you're the one that's allowing this toxic person into your life? How come you didn't cut them off? How come you didn't set them straight? But what I think is really interesting is like the love advice I've really been standing on, not like it's any different, but you know how this is that you don't want to stay too long when it's not working. You don't want to cut them off too fast at the beginning because you're feeling fearful or afraid or what have you. You also don't want to rush the process because you've been waiting too long to fall in love. So you're in a hurry because you your biological clock's ticking. 
your marriage clock is ticking. You're, I'm tired of going to all these events without a plus one. It's ticking, and we're getting ready to go into one of the toughest seasons for singles, as you and I both know, which is the holiday season, starting with Thanksgiving, into Christmas, into Hanukkah, into, if you don't believe anything, and it's just the new year, starting off a new year <laughs> with somebody else, whatever it is, throw some bottles, whatever it is you believe in. I'm just saying this next season of seeing everybody with all the Christmas lights and all the engagements that are going to happen because people are going to get on one knee on Christmas Eve, Christmas Eve, New Year's Eve into the new year. So all of that is one big thing that I think is really big. And the other big thing I've been talking about, Karen, is stop asking a man what you are. Ooh, yes. I've literally been on that for a hot second. And I get pushed back and I'm going to stand 10 toes down. We are not arguing about this because I'm right. How about that? And what's funny is if you listen to the men in my comments, they say, oh, wait, you're right. Because a man, now, if you don't want a masculine man and you don't want a man who leads, this advice is not for you. But most women that you and I both serve, look at me, I'm all on my soapbox and I'm preaching. Sorry. But. I feel very strongly about this, very passionately about this. The fact is, you cannot ask a man, what are we? Where is this going? You should wait for him to say the words, and you need to make sure his words match the action so you feel it. Because if you ask the question, because there's these people that are like, I'm going to ask him, I'm not going to wait, I'm going to do it anyway. If you ask him, no matter what the answer is, you are still not going to feel any kind of security or reassurance because you're the one that's in charge of that train. You're the one doing the heavy lifting. You're the one dragging this person through. And a lot of times a man will just answer your question because they don't want to argue with you. They don't want to see you cry. They don't want an argument. They don't want any problems. But it doesn't mean that's what he really meant. So if you want to know how he really feels, you wait for him to say it. This is not a passive moment. This is a moment of listening, observing, and reacting accordingly. Listening and observing is not passive. We are not talking about being a doormat. We are talking about you lean back and watch how they go, and you make a decision, an active decision, a powerful decision on if it works for you, if this person is actually pursuing you, if they're actually giving you energy that you're responding to and it's in line with your standards, it fits with your boundaries, it doesn't come up with any kind of red flags and you don't see any deal breakers. That, that's what I've been talking about. I'm just going to soak in <laughs> the wisdom and the beauty of that statement. I'm just that is how I really feel. As you were talking, I was thinking about, I talk about empowered dating all the time. Like you, I believe that most of the women in my community are looking for more traditional roles in a relationship. They do want a man to lead. Oftentimes, they take charge of the situation out of fear, as you noted, or out of, I just want to be able to say what's on my mind and speak my truth, and this is what I want to know, so I'm going to ask it. And what they don't understand is that kind of energy that we've talked about before that works in the workplace, that may work for other goals and dreams that you have. In the male-female dynamic, if you come at a man with that energy, you will either A, turn him off, B, turn him on, but he's going to be the passive, more feminine energy man that you're saying you don't want, but he's 
just found itself one and she kept letting leading with that energy. Three, as you point out, you're probably not going to get true answers anyway. And four, I want us to think about a visual. When you come at a man with a question like that, I want you to think about, here's the power. There's always a power balance. What you just did is you went, and your power just, it plummeted. So basically, when you come at him with that question, I want you to think, here's all the power I just have. Yes. Stop giving and, your power away. And you wonder why he treats you the way he does. Correct. Correct, because we make a decision. We have the power. I wish I knew that as a young woman. I wish I understood I'm from the South and from Texas. And I really thought it was the man. But it's the woman. We decide. When a man hollers at you and he says, what's your name? Hi, I have club names. I used to go by Linda in the club when I wasn't feeling somebody. I didn't give them my real name, and I knew all my girlfriend's real names. And if they heard me give all the wrong names, they'd do the same thing, and they wouldn't. we wouldn't break character. When somebody said, give me your phone number, y'all know, ladies, if you weren't feeling a man, you didn't give them your real phone number. So it's like we have so much power. We decide. And the best way you know if you're deciding or not is think about the men you don't like. You understand and you can recognize the pursuit and you're quick to curve and swerve and ignore this man and not give him any time of day, not be bothered, don't care, whatever. It's when you're feeling someone, when you kind of like him a little bit, when you see potential, when you see possibilities, that's when we end up staying too long and entertaining stuff that's not good for us. So that is where that. What you just spoke to is the reality. We've all experienced it. We've all been there. When I was dating, it was, wow, why is it that the guys that I'm not interested in, they're coming in hard, but then the ones that I like, maybe, which I was pretty good at this just because I'm old school, but when we are making those adjustments, accommodations, oh, I'm not going to go out because I got to be by the phone. Now, this is real old school now. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Stay home. When you start making those adjust adjustments, there's an energy shift. So the one that I'm just like, I'm not into him, so I'm pulling back, he's just I'm in. It's that pursuit because I'm pulling back. The one that I'm like, oh, making it too obvious. I'm available. That's the one where he was not allowing him to do his masculine thing and pursue me. And you're right, Kara, especially I think our generation, we were the ones that the first generation of women who really took advantage of, were able to take advantage of all the things that feminine had to, the feminist movement had to offer, which was so many good things. But what they did, and I think you'll concur, and we are about a step with some of the other folks who speak about these things. The feminist movement did some damage in terms of male-female relationships because women started thinking they could approach a man like a man and then wonder why he ain't acting like a man. And same with sexuality, because I'm sorry, you can't step over science. Ladies, we bond in a way with a man that men don't do. We have this scientific way of bonding, just like when you're breastfeeding a baby. It's the same thing that happens. And so when you're wondering why you're acting crazy over some man you just slept with and he ain't feeling you, he doesn't have that same bonding moment. His bonding moment doesn't happen until his testosterone drops. And that's when he starts caring for you and speaking to you and doing things for you and being all about you. That's why you're supposed to wait. So you wait to see if his behavior changes towards you. And that's where his feelings of love are going to come from. But otherwise, that whole sex thing, 
giving it to them. Oh, so somebody else pushed back on me and tried to say, oh, well, that's why you're supposed to wait to have sex. I'm like, I think the waiting to have sex is different because it's about commitment, exclusivity, monogamy. But they were saying, oh, no, I'm going to wait to have sex so you really know the truth about how he feels about you. I'm like, no, you don't, because men are smart and men run game. So if he's waiting you out and you're saying, I'm going to wait to have sex with you, doesn't mean he's not having sex with somebody else and just entertaining your little moment of not having sex with him. And then he's going to get his dipstick dipped somewhere else. And so whatever little rule, that's why that whole think like a man 90 day rule is stupid. Yeah, I said it. It doesn't serve you because most of the time you're looking at a clock and a calendar instead of paying attention to the man in front of you and how he's talking to you and how he's treating you. That is not determined by a clock. It can happen quickly. It could take more time. But you can't put it on a time scale like it's a thing, like it's a recipe, like I wait exactly 90 days. Now I can open my legs because now I know you don't know nothing. So you need to pay attention to what he says, how he treats you and how it resonates, how it makes you feel, what you observe, what you look at. All these things we're talking about, these things are set up to protect you. They're love essentials, having standards, having boundaries, being able to identify red flags, which is a whole nother conversation because red flags and deal breakers are not the same thing. Deal breakers, one and done when you're out. Red flags a lot of times are indicators that you take note of because sometimes you might have been with somebody who everybody before you acted a certain kind of way and you're a completely different kind of woman and they need to adjust to you. You need to give them time to adjust. Maybe their bad behavior was accepted by every woman they've ever encountered in their life until they met you. So you needed a moment to be able to recalibrate, to be able to express that doesn't really work for me and then see how they move. Do they adjust to you or don't they? But it doesn't mean cut bait and run just because you see a, a red flag in any particular moment. They could be having a bad day. It could be off. It might not be a pattern of behavior. It might be a moment. So what you're trying to do is gather information to make a more informed decision that'll help you protect your mind, your heart, and your body. Again, I'll just pause <laughs> to let the truth sink in. Kara, you mentioned the science, and so I'll go back to something you and I have talked about in the past from Dr. Dwayna Welch's research in her fantastic book called Love Factually. And I've had her on my program many times, and she talks about a dopamine drop. So when a man is in pursuit of a woman, dopamine levels are elevated in his system. Once he taps that, the dopamine drops which immediately reduces his interest. Now you spoke about, you want to see the other levels rise, which start to bring that bonding. So we want to recognize the chemistry that's happening. And in this case, when the dopamine drops, you can have a man and she's worked with a lot of men and women in her dating coaching practice. And she says that a lot of men will say, I don't know what happened. I was so into her. I couldn't stop thinking about her. And then once we had sex, I was like, and so the man's confused too. So we have to understand this physiology or else we're all making mistakes that really don't serve us and can sabotage maybe something that could have been a really good thing. Yes. And see, it, and it's funny to me because so many people are like, I saw another comment where somebody was like, oh, there's too much science and something else and some of this relationship advice. And I'm like, that is the very thing that's going to save you. When you can, in my opinion, the beauty of, if you can take 
spiritual things and add them to scientific things, you have a superpower that enables you, especially when you tap into your intuition and you pay attention to your gut and how you feel about things, you let it float up and resonate and you don't ignore it. You don't step over it. You give it time and attention and you take the time you need that you can date someone and still be taking notes and be thinking, I'm not sure if this is going to work for me or not. And you should feel that way all the way up until you say, I do. That's what's so beautiful about engagement and that whole process is it gives you opportunities as you get closer, you get more committed, more exclusive. You talk about deeper things, more important things, maybe things you left off the table. But every step of the way, you and your partner are both choosing to say yes to each other every single day. And that's what marriage continues that commitment and that covenant that says, I say I do to you again and again on a daily basis. A lot of people think, oh, I said I do, now I can relax. That's not how this works. All of this is a love journey. And so you are learning skills like the dating skills you're learning for singles is a skill set that I think you never let go of. You're supposed to date your spouse. So what you're doing is you're developing skill sets that are going to serve you in your long-term relationships. They're going to serve you in your covenant relationships, in your committed relationships, and your exclusive relationships. And another thing that doesn't go out of the marriage is the power balance. Ooh. And as, as a high-status woman, and again, I'm not talking about Gucci and Chanel, although those are nice. I'm just right. talking about, I'm talking about high-status where, to your point, you, conti- you continue some of those dating dynamics. One, it keeps it fresh and fun. And two, I continue to be the prize that Dan fought and pursued and fought off the other suitors to win. And he still sees me that way because I still present myself in an empowered way. Now, am I also nurturing, warm, and supportive? And I do the things, ladies. Unpopular opinion, I like to cook for my man. I like so to make him a sandwich. I like so to be like, honey, you need some hot tea. Why? So I, this is the arrangement that serves both of us and that that supports and respects both of us. So to your point, Kara, those skills that you're establishing as you present yourself on the dating scene as a high-status woman, the man who's going to pursue you, treat you with respect and high regard, though you carry that dynamic right into your marriage. And this is the other piece you brought up, which I'm concerned about, another unpopular opinion the feminist movement has screwed things up in many ways because when women lay down and give their bodies way too early, they turn over the power, as we've said, and then they're not treated with respect. And then they spend the rest of the relationship trying to get back that respect. And people yes. that. Why does sex have to be about respect and power? I don't know. Why does gravity out there? Why if I drop this money, is it going to just fall and break? Don't ask me. Like you said, we can't blame the science. we got to use the science to understand it and work with it. Yes. <laughs> And I think it's about strategy. And I think it's really interesting about power. For some reason, women are very good at learning how to navigate their workplace life. They're very good about family life. They're great about raising their children. But another topic I've talked about, which goes right into this conversation, is there's three roles I think a woman has no business doing with a man. Once again, we're talking about if you want a masculine man. You want passive doormat, I can't help you. I don't know nothing about that. But if you want a masculine man, you do not boss your man or teach your man or mother your man. 
Those are the three roles you should not be doing. And I keep getting questions about that. And it's real simple to me. You're not his boss. He's not your employee. You're not his mama. He's not your little boy. You're not his teacher. He's not your student. What is difficult to understand about these things? Stop doing that. Stop bossing him. Stop trying to teach him stuff. Some, I was like, don't teach him how to love you. They're like, oh, what? No, you don't teach him how to love you. You share it with them. You explain it. You show, but you don't teach. Teach is a dynamic. Speaking, both of us are educators. Teaching is a power dynamic. I'm in control. I have the answer key. I have the right answers, and I'm judging what you do. That is not a dynamic for love to grow in, period. So stop telling me that you're going to teach some man how to love you, and that is not the right dynamic that you want. You are not his boss. So you shouldn't be trying to boss him around. In fact, I'm going to have to do a video about it because somebody on my TikTok asked me, what do you mean about bossing a man around? Really? We don't know what somebody who's a boss acts like. We don't know how somebody talks to like they talk in declarative sentences that brook no argument because I've been a boss. And so when I told my employee to do something, if somebody said they weren't going to do it because I've read their entire employment contract better than most of my employees did at that particular company, I would ask again, I'm asking you again, are you going to be doing this or not? And if they said not, I could pick up the phone and call security and then escort them out. They could be fired on the spot for not doing what I said do. That is not a dynamic for love. That energy, that voice, that intention, that is not going to serve you in a relationship where it's supposed to be nurturing and warm and loving. You're supposed to lean into your femininity. Our femininity and masculinity, the yin and yang, the opposite, the difference, those are where the challenges are, but that's where the beauty of love grows from too. And I want to piggyback on what you're saying. Look at the energy that Kara brings to this conversation. Look how I was like, blah, 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 blah. Do you think that we're not going to have that same intensity energy with our men? We do. I haven't watered down one iota of who I am. But I say that energy for times I'm like, and then this and this, and say something where I, ha- I know a lot about psychology or a lot of the health research I've been doing over the last couple of years. So when I talk to my husband, I'm like, this and this and this, and this research, and they were saying this, but this is the case. And I'm teaching in a conversational manner, but not to the point of the authoritative position. It's two people, both empowered, both respecting each other in intellect, to where Dan will be like, what do you think about that? Because he knows that I've studied this stuff. So it's not about, because sometimes women hear this, Kara, and I know you I know what they hear. And then they go, wait a minute, I don't want to be some wallflower, like the passive. I'm not going to try to be like, demure. When I want to be the fullness of who I am, with the fullness of my intellect, with the fullness of my passion, with the fullness of my opinion. So talk how talk about how we can be the fullness of ourselves and still maintain that traditional male female dynamic that creates the context for a man to be fully masculine and us to be fully feminine and yet still be fully ourselves. You know what I think is one of the key areas that helps with that is self-control. If you can sit back and you can be patient, you can wait your turn. You don't feel this, I have to say everything that's on my heart right this minute. It doesn't matter about my tone of delivery. Because if you don't think your tone of delivery matters, you are fooling and deluding yourself. Your passionate nature 
who you are as a woman, how God made you, the personality that you have is what's going to attract that man that is for you. But the difference is tone and delivery, timing, all that comes with self-control. Self-control tells you that if it's not the right time, you don't bring up issues just because it's on your heart and you remember when your man's not ready to receive it. Self-control tells you that same way it is much better to try to catch somebody doing something great than to always hammer on them about everything they're doing wrong. Self-control will put you in a position of going, you know what? Hold on, Kara. Before I say this or before I ask this question because I'm feeling insecure or I I got triggered about something, I'm going to wait. And make sure that what comes out of my mouth is edifying for me as well as my relationship. I'm always going to try to protect the relationship, myself, and my man. And I think self-control is something that so many people feel like they are in a relationship so they relax and they're disrespectful to the point of they will say anything, any kind of way, however they feel like it at that moment. And their partner's supposed to just take it because Mm -hmm. y'all are together. And that's just not going to work. One of the reasons why people get into emotional affairs is because their partner doesn't listen to them, but Sally at work does. Or little Johnny across the hall is always there with a listening ear. And the very thing that you don't feel like you have to do is something that somebody else is willing to do. So that you, once again, give your power away by being childish, by being insecure, by being, in a lot of ways, it's passive instead of being very active. I think love requires strategy and knowledge and wisdom and self-control. It is so much better when you take time to consider what you're going to say and maybe vent to your girlfriend's. Not to be sharing all the information about your relationship, but just to get the emotion out so that way your man doesn't react to your emotion, but he hears the words that you say. Aren't you really trying to move the needle so that he can hear your heart and be able to accept who you are as a person and how you feel more than him being a dumping ground for whatever you're overflowing with? That's why it's so important to keep your girlfriends and to have your activities and be who you were before you got into relationship. So you have those other outlets. So you don't expect your man to be your everything that he's supposed to be your dumping ground, your therapist, the person that listens to you vent, go on and whatnot. And as opposed to letting him be in his full authority, his full masculinity and let you be in your full femininity. Cause a lot of us are reacting from, bad behaviors and bad habits we picked up from being single or being in relationship with the wrong person. Whether you stayed too long, you cut it off too quick, you rushed it, or you didn't give yourself the opportunity to fully express who you were in your past relationships. So you bring those bad habits into your next relationship with somebody you're better, you learn love lessons, and then you get triggered. And if you don't use self-control to stop and sit your butt down and Zip it so that you can go, wait a second, is this the right moment? Am I in the right headspace? Am I going to deliver this in a way that my man hears me? And don't get it twisted. 
I don't even sound like this when I talk to my man. My man, my voice changes. You've heard it every single time he calls me when we go live. I'm like, hello, how are you? Yes. Oh my goodness. If you don't think that matters, so compared to whoever else is at the office, whoever else he's encountering, he gets all this chocolatey goodness when he calls me, when he talks to me, when he sees me. That's how I think that we bridge that divide between the masculine and feminine. Stop thinking that they're your adversary. Stop thinking a man is your enemy. Stop thinking he's trying to get you and you're about, you have to hurry up so you don't get got. That's what your boundaries, your standards, your red flags, your deal breakers have. So you know that your mind, your body, and your heart are protected so you can move without doing these fearful behaviors. You can tell me whatever you want to, but most of what y'all are operating from is the spirit of fear. And God did not give you the spirit of fear, but power, love, and a very sound Yes, and amen. (laughs) So when you're talking, Kara, what kept coming up for me was that self-control piece is discipline. That self-control piece is emotional maturity, which if a man commits to you, he deserves your mature, emotionally mature self to be in partnership with. And you deserve that from him. And I did a podcast a while ago where I looked at, I found this online or something. It was a psychologist who was talking about five traits of emotional maturity. And as I was reading them, I was like, these are also five traits we should look for in a partner. And I thought it's really not even about the dating piece necessarily. It's about who can we have a, a, a successful, solid, strong relationship with someone who's emotionally mature. And yes, we're required to bring that to the table too. So someone said, yes, I took a serious look inward and did the deep work. I'm still a work in progress, but nonetheless, I started in 2020. Today at 48, I'm happy to walk away from a man who thinks he can talk to me any type of way. And then, and then, yes, exactly. Because that's what we're talking about. And then she goes on to say, he is a window period that I have set in my mind to ask me to be exclusive. He does not. And if he does not, I am out and boundaries will be told to him from the beginning. Let's talk about that. Cause I agree with that. Then I also say that there are the way that we communicate as you were giving a beautiful example of how, when you talk to your man, it's a very different tone and energy. And Dan will call me when he's away. I'm like, hi, how are you? And it's just natural because this is my man in the fullness of his masculine energy. So when he calls me, I just am like, hey, honey, how's your day been? That's just natural for me. Now, if I call him, I'm like, hey, what's up, girl? La, la, la. Exactly. So we bring that. And it, that's the beauty of it. I don't want to bring any other energy because that's my man. I waited a long time to meet my man, to have a solid marriage with my man. And so part of that is, is again, like we said, creating a context of the dynamics for him to be the fullness of who he is. God designed him to be the masculine man. And for me to have in this one relationship, the security, the confidence to be able to lean into him and let him care for me. Oh my gosh. I'm popular opinion. I let my man take care of me. What? What? I what? Said, just, just like that, sure did. <laughs> <laughs> they ain't ready for us, Karen. They ain't ready for us. They are not. <laughs> but I am telling you, Dr. Karen, and I this from the bottom of my heart, but we are coming on here in a very methodical, consistent way because I am tired of some of the things I'm seeing that have taken over 
not like we've abdicated the space, but it's like there are people speaking in people's ears. They're telling them what they want to hear, but they're not helping them love better. So they're repeating the same mistakes and they're not. I want to see people that are like, I'm dating better. I'm feeling better about myself. I'm loving myself more. I'm loving my life more. That is the point. And so I think that you and I need to twin powers activate again, like we did at the very beginning of the pandemic to be able to come to the people with a clear, direct voice, because I literally had a conversation with God and I was mad in the spirit because I'm like, I'm ready to kick the doors in and take this just like Caleb, give me this mountain Lord, because people need to hear what we have to say. And I'm tired of some of these people that are pandering to women and um, bringing in other things that are distractions that don't deserve the weight because they're not telling them the truth. They're not giving them real science. They're not giving them real spiritual truth. They're not giving them wisdom. So then, you know, for lack of vision, my people perish. For lack of knowledge, my people are not doing so great. I'm saying that we have a responsibility. I know you and I both are tied to two women that take the responsibility very strongly of being able to teach other women all that we know so they can have empowered, powerful love, dating, and relationships. I think it's really interesting. That's where your heart has been. It's always been there. We've always touched on this stuff, but that you're feeling the intensity and the urgency because of the other messages that are coming at women. I had a woman one time reach out to me recently where she said one of the reasons she liked my podcast was because she felt like a lot of other relationship type podcasts. It was like one week they'd be like this, oh, women need to let the man pursue. The next week it was like, go ahead and call him up. Like that there was no consistent message from the podcast that was rooted in science, rooted in the word. And it's interesting that you're feeling this urgency because I have recently over the summer where I took a bit of a break, kind of wanting to, I was like, literally like, God, what do you want from me? Because my heart is really feeling strongly about a lot of different things. For example, with me as a psychologist, I focus on the take charge of your thoughts as the mindset stuff. But I'm also looking at if I'm filling my body with processed food, Doritos and Coke all day, how am I thinking that physiology is affecting my cognitive space? How am I going to think that I'm going to be able to have joy and peace in the midst of struggle, in the midst of pandemic, in the midst of heartbreak after heartbreak, if I don't have God in my life? So I feel like I need to have more of a, a holistic platform to speak yes. to these things. So you bring in the spiritual, as you always do, me yes. wanting to move and create a broader tent of content that all yes. goes back to relationships. But who are we kidding? Honey, I'm, in the, I'm literally walking the same path as you. It's one of the reasons why now my name says Kara Adams, MSPH, Master of Science in Public Health, to make sure we're real clear that these are public health issues. I didn't yeah. go to grad school for nothing. I didn't share it for a long time because I don't really care if I you know it or not. But now I'm like, oh, you think you have to be certified? How about this? How about my grad degree is my certification? How about that? My public health knowledge or maybe the national health policy I've written? Or the things that got implemented in every state. How about that? Like, I don't need to stand on some certificate. I know right. what I know, just like you know what you know. So I'm at this point now. That's one of the other reasons why it now says I help women love more, live, and fear less. Because that live well, I'm putting up stuff about sleep. 
I'm putting up stuff about what you eat. I'm putting up stuff about exercising, putting up stuff about how much time you spend outside, outside, taking in sunlight. I'm putting in stuff about what is important about grounding with the earth, about spending time in nature, about telling a girl we need to talk again because we are literally God's pointing us in the same direction. I receive that word because it's true. And I'm like, we've always vibed, but it's interesting that we both have had this stirring within us to share some of this broader content. Correct. Because it all goes back. And I know your entire platform is trying to cultivate godly, strong, kingdom-focused marriages. And as you shared before, that was your heart's mission. And yet you knew you had to provide a word to the singles to even start on that road to get to those strong marriages. Exactly. Um, As we wrap up, because as a matter of fact, I got to go out and get some vitamin D right now and walk my dog. Amen. Yes, ma'am, I do. I'll give a couple more comments. Jay Love says, I don't think some people, some women want to hear the truth. They don't. I'm struggling struggling with this with my friends. And I I say, yes, absolutely. They don't want to hear the truth, which is why I say unpopular opinion. Because I know it's not popular, but to Kara's point, a lot of people are hearing what they want to hear, which is not true. And that therefore not allowing them to move toward their goals. Now, I resisted being one of these like you, I had the Dr. Karen in my name only because I know when I was single and looking for words of encouragement or truth to, to level up my game, I wanted to know someone's credentials. That's important to me as a social scientist. But also, I resisted because I thought you know, a lot of the times I'd read a, a self help book and I would just be like, women need to be more B I T C H E Y. Right. Like, Did I spell that right? Yes. <laughs> but anyway, but I thought I'm not going to on errors or posture in order to get a man but now that i've been in this space for a while i'm realizing that when we don't give a little bit as teachers now you and me in this space of of some formal kind of more like the bullet point protocol of this is what science says this is what god says this is how it's working yes don't do that we're not serving our community and nina said wait a minute on this oh and back to ej love if you're struggling with your friends hearing the truth, just tag them in our posts and send them our videos and send oh, yeah. them our lives and just say, I want you to hear this. Don't tell them why. Just send it to them. Keep tagging them in it. Keep sending it to them and let us tell them. I'll tell them the truth. I don't care. <laughs> Nikki says, yes, this is why I want my BA in nutrition along with becoming a counselor rooted in God's word. Okay, Nikki. Come on is, now. <laughs> Nikki is aligned with Kara and Karen. Yes, um, yes. Y'all, please follow both of my accounts. I'm trying to get back into my B-Fab Kara, and I have the real Fab Kara. So it's going to be one or the other. Hopefully, I'll be back in my other one. But yeah, follow both just in case. Proof in the piece says, missed y'all. Yeah, Father, and clearly, God's got a work to do. He's doing a new yes. thing. Yeah. Of course, rooted in his eternal truth and old things, but we are here for it. And we're so excited that you are also here for it. Nikki goes on to say, which is also in the Bible. People will walk around saying good is evil and evil is good in that day. Woo. Come on. We, now are, it. we are seeing some of that. What am I doing? For here? sure. Okay. For All sure. Right. He says he will tag his friends and he laughs. Please. He says, LOL. <laughs> Please. Yes. Because, because 
what's happening is I think I've gotten much better at being able to communicate what I'm thinking yeah. in a format that people want to hear. And it just, I literally, I've talked to God about it. Just literally give me this mountain because just like Caleb did, give me this mountain because the message has to go out. God's word will not return void. And I just want to make more impact. I want to see more people in great, loving relationships. Just like I was literally talking to some ladies at this healthcare place at the hospital just a couple hours ago. And one of the things we even talked about was how, even with insurance, that if you do insurance as a single, you do it as a single with children, the policy amount is about the same. But when you add a spouse, it almost doubles, triples, quadruples. And I'm like, that's an undermining of the family unit. That's an underlying, undermining in policy form that is tearing down and making people make different decisions financially that doesn't support the family. So that's another unpopular opinion, but it's the truth. I don't even know what to make of that because research shows that men who are married live longer. Why? Because it's got that nurturing woman who's constantly tonight. And they're the happiest. Oh, yeah. The most successful. All the top 1% men are married. Why doesn't insurance reflect that? That they their premiums should be lower. I don't know insurance talk, but okay. okay. You know the reason. Think about what you just said. If they're married, they're healthier and live longer. If they're not, and what do they need more? Healthcare services. Come on, mama. It's always about the money. Come on. Girl. <gasps> oh. You're talking to a woman that has worked in the past for a pharmaceutical company. A woman who used to work for a managed care company. A woman who's worked in Washington, D.C., writing national health policy. Don't play with me, people. I know what I'm talking about. That is a thing. I got a lot of opinions about all of that. I know you do. We're going to leave that alone for now. I know. We can't talk about it here. We'll we'll talk about it another time. I got to bounce because I want to get in the sun. And I want to remind everyone to follow both of Kara's accounts gets things sorted out. I want to thank Kara for her heart and her energy. And I'm like going to thank God in this moment as well, because I just love, I love energy when God is like, this is what's going on with you. And Kara and I, we connected years ago through TFG. We actually were able to host a live event. I was looking at the pictures today, girl, that was 2019. I can't believe it was like three years ago. That's crazy. So Everyone sit tight. 2023 is going to be on. It's going to be on. And we're all going to be better for it. So thanks again. Love you, girl. Mm, Love you too. The love and life hack for this week is, as Kara put it, we have the power. And it's us who gives it away. As always, thank you so much for joining us this week. I truly appreciate you spending time with us today. Take charge of your thoughts. Take charge of your life. This is Dr. Karen anderson Abril, And until next time, make it a great week. Love and Life is produced by Tim May and hosts and executive producer, Dr. Karen anderson Abril.